0: praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Good morning, dear friends. We're starting our saunter early this morning, as I have to be somewhere shortly. So um, let's pray. And those who missed it live will be able to watch it later. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and speak to us now. Lord, we know that you have loads you want to say to us. And even through this difficult chapter, we ask you to speak to our hearts and and bring your wisdom and your truth to bear in our lives today and your power and your glory in Jesus glorious name amen so we have Genesis chapter 34 today which is a really difficult chapter it's not a good one it's an ignominious chapter of Israel's history Uh, but we're going to do it because that's what we're doing we're going to read through and make a few comments on it so verse uh, chapter 34 verse 1 it says now dinah the daughter of leah whom she had born to jacob went out to see the women of the land you remember that jacob had not gone to bethel like god had said and he'd not followed esau when he said to esau he was going to follow esau he had done a sort of detour and scuttled off into the land around the the area of shechem <clears throat> He bought himself some land there, built a small house or well, he built a house. He built some kind of temporary shelters for his animals and had started to make a life for himself there, which is called partial disobedience, which is exactly the same as disobedience. When God tells us to do something, only doing part of it is that is is usually as bad as not doing any of it. And it amounts to the same thing. It's like we're saying to God, I think I've got a better plan. Yes, that's your plan, God. Well done. But my plan is I'm going to actually do something slightly different to what you've said. So now, anyway, so so this daughter, Dinah, has decided she's going to head off into the land and kind of check out what the women are doing, maybe what they're wearing, how they hang, you know, what their customs are and so on. And she's going to kind of hang out with some, some of the locals. Verse 2. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, or the Hivite, I'm never quite sure of these names, the prince of the land saw her, he seized her and lay with her and humiliated her. And his soul, um, his soul was drawn to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob and he loved uh, he loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. So Shechem spoke to his father, Hamor, saying, get me this girl for my wife. Right, okay, so what he's done, let's not dress it up. He has raped one of the young people from Jacob's household. He's raped his daughter, Dinah. and But then when he's finished, he had his wicked way, he looks at her and thinks he really loves her and thinks he likes her well of course he's attracted to her he's maybe had a nice time and wants this to carry on and so he says so although he has humiliated her in the words of this scripture good morning Olga nice to see you he he somehow feels drawn to her and wants to hang out with her and wants her to be part of his life and so he says to his so he speaks nicely to her after raping her, which it doesn't make what he's done okay, just to say that it does the you know what come it's still a violation of her, um but now he's trying to kind of redeem the situation a bit. So he spoke tenderly to her, and then Shechem spoke to his father and said, "I want her. get her from my wife." So his dad is influential he's the king of the city. And now Jacob, verse five, heard that he had defiled his daughter Dinah, but his sons were with, the, with his livestock in the field. So Jacob held his peace until they came, and Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. The sons of Jacob had come in from the field as soon as they heard of it, and the men were indignant and very angry because he had done an outrageous thing in Israel by lying with jacob's daughter for such a thing must not be done right well it's irrelevant whose daughter she was it shouldn't be done anyway it is rape it is violence against women it's just a wrong thing but so these boys had been out in the field so this is her brothers and they're sort of half brothers and they've been out in the fields with the animals looking after doing their job But when they get to hear about it, they are livid. Good morning, Nikki. They're furious and they're getting all up in arms. And you know what families can be like once they start to get kind of all up in arms and hype each other up about a perceived injustice where they're doing precisely that. And no doubt, all kinds of suggestions are being bandied around, including let's burn the city down and all this kind of stuff and so they're they're they are these guys are furious and they feel that the um insult is to them personally You've, they've brought this so this guy has dishonored their name and all the rest of it you can imagine the kind of stuff that's going on um so besides the fact that this is still a crime this is rape against you know a a family member and they should be upset it's right that they're upset but no doubt some of the things they suggest as a solution are not godly right so verse eight but Hamor spoke with them saying the soul of my daughter Shechem sorry let's start again but Hamor so he's the king Spoke with them, saying, "The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him to be his wife. Make marriages with us. Give your daughters to us, and take our daughters for yourselves. You shall dwell with us, and the land shall be open to you. Dwell in it, and trade in it, and make and get property in it." Shechem also said to her father and her brothers, "Let me find favor in your eyes." And whatever you say to me, I will give. Ask me for as great a bride price and gift as you will. And I will give whatever you say to me. Only give me the young woman to be my wife. So Hamor and his father are now negotiating. Good morning, Lizzie. Are now negotiating with Jacob and his sons and saying, come on, look, this, it was a bad thing that happened. But hey, we're all men around here. We know how this is. We know what our passions are like. Let's do some deal. Let's come to a deal. We'll give you whatever bride price you name. Just name it. Name your price for your daughter's honor and we'll pay it. We'll come up with that. In fact, look, let's do, let's go better. Why don't we have a nice, easy relationship between us our community and your community, you can marry any of our daughters you want. Your sons, you've got loads of sons. Look at all these sons. They're going to need wives. Here you go. We've got loads of wives. Loads of daughters they can have. So let's do a deal. Let's come to some arrangement that's mutually beneficial and settle this in an honourable way. Or at least in a worldly way. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to appease the situation. And basically saying, money is no object, whatever your price. So they're still trading on Dinah. They're still seeing her as a commodity that can be bought and sold. And unfortunately, that was pretty commonplace back in this culture. But uh, let's not even go there about what can be bought and sold in our culture. And we still have a roaring trade going around the world in pornography in images of women that are demeaning and defiling, and they defile the women when they're you know, they dishonour and defile the women and their image that the are the images of, and um, but they also defile and dishonour the men who look at them, and so you know, we still have this commoditization. If I can <laughs> if that's even a word, commoditization of sex and of the particularly the female body anyway so verse 13 it says the sons of jacob answered shechem and his father hamor deceitfully because they because he had defiled their sister dinah they said to, that to oh gosh they said to them we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised for that would be a disgrace to us and now they're kind of coming up with a jacob like scheme they're plotting right so jacob was a plotter and god had dealt with him until the point where he was walking with a limp which was a constant reminder do not plot against god but he still did kind of oh my he still came up with his own plans that weren't quite in line with god's and this is now why they're in this situation but now these sons of jacob's are coming up with a scheme and a plot in just the same way good morning pete In just the same way as their father Jacob had. So they answer Shechem and his father deceitfully. And in their mind is nothing other than pure revenge. And they say, oh, we can't let our daughter marry you, you because you're uncircumcised. That's against our culture. You would have to be circumcised. And so then they go on and verse 15, it says, only on this condition will we agree with you that you will become as we are by every male among you being circumcised. Then we will give our daughters to you and we will take your daughters to ourselves and we will dwell with you and become one people. But if you will not listen to us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and we will be gone. So they're saying, how badly do you want this girl? Are you willing to be circumcised, all of your men? the whole men of your city the male population of your city are you willing for them all to become circumcised so that we can become like you you or you can become like us so that we're compatible in marriage well of course what they're doing is something that has been done by christians as well christian armies it's called forced conversions and other religions have done it it's a dreadful thing it doesn't result in anything like one nation it results in a whole mess of unwilling kind of converts in inverted commas and so these guys what they're doing is a classic sort of conversion by the sword good morning ruth i'm sorry i'm early this morning um and so this is a this is a common ploy it's it's um it's a religious kind of activity which doesn't produce any change in the hearts of the people so this would have no more made these people part of God's covenant community than in any other kind of external pressure on them so so now they're conforming so they're 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 considering this offer good morning Tracy Ann and um so then verse 18 their words pleased Hamor and Hamor's son Shechem and the young men did not delay to do the thing because it de- because he delighted in Jacob's daughter now he was the most honored in all of his father's house so Hamor and his son Shechem came to the gate of their city and spoke to the men of the city saying these men are at peace with us let them dwell in the land and trade in it for behold the land is large enough for them let us take their daughters as wives and let us give them our daughters only on this condition will sorry only on this condition will the men agree to dwell with us and to become one people when every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised will not their livestock their property and all their beasts be ours Only let us agree with them, and they will dwell with us. And all who went out of the gate of his city listened to Hamor and his son Shechem, and every male was circumcised, and all who went out of the gate of the city. So Hamor has pitched it to the other men of the city, saying, Listen, guys, this is so much to our advantage. If we can just endure the pain and discomfort of a few days while this minor surgical procedure is healing and you know, whatever, we can have access to all their wealth, we'll become one nation, one people, just think this is a power move for us, we're the bigger people, we will subsume them, we will assimilate them, their, their flocks and herds will become ours, their women will become ours, you know, and this is a, we'll just become one people, And this is a very, very, very common strategy that's happened throughout history where nations and smaller nations have been subsumed into bigger nations and so on and so on. This is overlooking one really, 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 really important factor. And that is that God has said to Abraham, isaac and jacob that he is making of them a nation jacob seems to have momentarily lapsed in his concentration and gone down to shechem and made some kind of compromise in his heart a bit like lot did but perhaps not as extreme but there he is he's compromised in his heart and now the enemy is seizing its opportunity because behind the people of Shechem and this rape of Dinah, there is another enemy and his name is Satan. And his job or his self-imposed purpose is (laughs) raison d'etre, is to hijack and thwart God's plans, whatever they may be. And he is around to thwart us in our walk with God but he was around then to thwart this fledgling nation in its mission to become the the holy nation the people of God on the earth who would demonstrate the covenant nature of God who would demonstrate his values and his kingdom on the earth and from whom would come the messiah who would be the blessing of all the nations in the world and so this is a an attempt of the devil to hijack the the inception of the nation of israel the very birth and the whilst we've got all these 12 patriarchs well 11 at the moment they're lined up in in position to become the nation of promise they the devil is also lurking there wanting to hijack the whole process and pull it all down and collapse the whole building that God is building and so if they had gone through with this thing and they had been become one nation with the people of Shechem and intermarried and so on all those promises of God would have been null and void and lost and so there is something important here so the The outrage that the sons of Jacob feel is legitimate, but their solution to the problem is illegitimate. So their outrage is justified, but their actions most definitely are not. And the way they solve the problem is most, most definitely not. And we do see that as well again and again and again in Christian circles, in the church. In church history, we see a legitimate problem dealt with in a very fleshly, worldly, nasty, warlike kind of way, more manipulative kind of way, which is we see both of those forces at work here, violence and manipulation. And there is no way to solve a problem, even if the problem is something of unrighteousness and ungodliness, which was what happened here. So, right. So they went out and anyway, so on verse 25, it says, on the third day when they were sore, I should imagine they were, so they were feeling a little bit sorry for themselves, all the men of this city, two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi Dinah's as brothers took their swords and came against the city while it felt secure and killed all the males so it's all these guys feeling sorry for themselves having a couple of days off work and just trying to get better quickly and in that moment of preoccupation and not wellness comes this um hornet's nest of um, Jacob's household, led by Simeon, Simeon and Levi, and they take their swords and they come against the city and kill all the males. They literally hack them to death. They killed Hamor and his son, so that's the king and the prince of Shechem with the sword and took Dinah out of Shechem's house and went away. So they were like this kind of SAS crack troops, and they literally just decimate the male population of the city. So the sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their flocks and their herds, their donkeys and whatever was in the city and in the field, all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives and all that was in their house, in the houses they captured and plundered. Then Jacob, verse 30, said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me by making me stink to the inhabitants of the land. Wow. He was so, so right. These guys had brought a kind of nasty black cloud now over the reputation of Jacob in that region. And Jacob's thinking, oh boy, we have just got hold of a tiger by the tail. And who knows where all of this business is going to stop. And so he says, you have brought trouble on me by making me stink to the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and the Perizzites. My numbers are few. And if they gather themselves against me and attack me, I shall be destroyed, both I and my household. But they said, (laughs) these guys self-justifying to the end, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? No, he shouldn't, but they shouldn't have been there in the first place and they could have rescued their, their sister and taken her away and migrated to Bethel, as God had said in the first place. Instead of that, they have brought this massacre on um, unarmed, an unarmed city, a city unprepared for war. They've just gone in there massacred everybody and taking everything taking all the booty all the wealth and um plunder from the city for their own ends so jacob's thinking man we are in a spot now thanks to you guys and your um kind of unbridled rage and your inability to control yourself and here's an important lesson right the scheming and the plotting that Jacob did in his life and even this partial obedience where he went into the land of Shechem instead of going to Bethel is sending a message all the time to his children. And I think we we deceive ourselves as parents if we think our kids are not affected by what we do. They are watching even as four, five, six-year-olds These values are being taken on board that we demonstrate. Jacob had not learned to just be a straightforward guy pretty much all his life. He still has this tendency towards cutting a deal and bypassing and sneaking around the back and deceiving. And his sons, unfortunately, have kind of learn that behavior they've got the same familial spirit if you like they've got the generational sin of their father coming onto them you can dress it up whatever way you like in modern <laughs> psychological speak learned behavior or generational sin this thing is coming back to bite Jacob in the bottom and even though he's managed to redeemed the situation with his brother Esau, he's now become a stinky person in the neighbourhood and made a lot of potential enemies. So listen, guys, we are making disciples. They're watching us. Our children are watching the way we live day by day by day. We need to be conscious of that and, in, and intentionally choose God's way choose the way of humility, choose the way of grace, choose the way of faith, trust in him to look after us. <sighs> yeah, God bless you, everyone. And um, I'm sure if you're watching it later on, you, God, God just bless you and have a great day. And may his favour be upon you and your household. And may you have the wisdom to raise up young disciples who love Jesus and walk in his spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him. But more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon and Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops, or you can message me and get your own signed copy there you go but do like it and review it because that really really does help thank you so much